Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello everyone and welcome to Heart and Hand, the Rangers podcast. This is your extra show for the week. My name is Cammy Bell and I'm delighted to be joining you again for my second time round this week as I covered for David on Flagship on Monday. Here to make sure that I don't get into any trouble and keeping an order on things is my very, very good friend, Adam Thornton. Adam, thank you for joining me on Extra this week. No problem, Cammy. It's lovely to be back on. Thank you. Thank you, my friend. It's always great to have you here. Um, Adam, we're going to have a little chat around uh, Tuesday night's uh, escapades in Geneva um, and Rangers being able to qualify for the next round of the Champions League qualifiers and look forward to our League Cup kickoff as we uh, welcome Greenick Morton to Ibrox on Saturday afternoon. Adam, um, I spoke on the flagship on Monday about the fact that I came out of Ibrox last Saturday um, against Livingston and I'll be honest with you I was in a really optimistic mood I was really pleased by what we saw I think if you had said to me um, you know we'll beat Livingston 4-0 quite comfortably Rabi Matondo will make the difference um, and we'll have a plethora of goal scorers then I probably would have bitten your hand off for it um, and we went into Tuesday I think with a decent degree of confidence and we knew I think to be fair that it would be a different Servette team that we faced um, one obviously uh, was going to make a lot of changes following the, the the first leg at Ibrox. How were you feeling going into the game on Tuesday? Were you confident following Saturday's results? Were you slightly nervous? Where were you at? Um, probably nervous, I think, just because how early it is in the season. We've obviously been burned uh, before. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> maybe not at this stage um, for, for a while. But yeah, a little bit nervous. Um, expected Servette to come out. Um, maybe not quite as aggressively as this they did in the first half. Um, and obviously the heat being a factor, the new signings, the issues with the defence, um, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it, it had all the sort of makings of um, an upset, will we say, rather than a, than a banana skin, um, particularly because we 
could and should have been out of sight in that game. Um, three or four one in the first leg probably wouldn't have flattered us. So yeah, it all the sort of makings of of being a Rangers uh, upset in, in Europe. But um, yeah, so I was a little bit nervous about it. Obviously, the season hasn't started in the sort of free flowing, beautiful football style that we would maybe have wanted, um, which is probably understandable. So yeah, all of that and all of that told, I was um quite nervous for it. I would say. Yeah, I think, and and it's been interesting to watch how much he's been made of this, but when the Danilo miss happened, I did think, my God, we are now entering into potential banana skin territory here. Um, We know obviously what happened at the end of it, your boy James Tavenier got us through in the end, we'll come on to that in just a wee bit. Um, It's been interesting to see some of the reaction about the Danilo miss, because I'll be honest with you, you know, these things happen in football. I think if he was on a run of two, three, four, five goals scored consecutively, then I think he doesn't even bother thinking about that. He just tucks it away. We've seen Alfredo Morelos, um, you know, miss chances that uh, when he's in a purple patch and he's in a good scoring form, again, he doesn't even have to think twice about. Uh, But it has been interesting to see how negatively some of the Scottish media have been able to try and portray some of that. Yeah, I would like to sort of embrace the positives of it and say it was a, a, a really good counter-attack from, from Rangers, I think. Um, can't rule out to Sifuentes, who I'm sure we'll come on to. Um, he sort of made a, made a nice run to stretch play and then that ball in is is delicious. Um, Danilo, I think, does quite well, uh, I, I guess, to judge that as well and to, to make that run and be in the right place and not be offside. It's very easy. We've certainly seen strikers who, who may have been offside in, um, in that situation um, in the more recent past. So all of that was great. Um, just has to get the connection, and then it's a it's a terrific uh, breakaway goal, and at a perfect moment. What was that? Maybe five or six minutes after, after Servet had scored. So yeah, um, the reality is that it's a it's a miss, it's a bad miss. I doubt someone of Danilo's experience with the number of goals that he scored will it'll be preying on his mind too much. I'm sure. I think he'll be quite keen to to get going and, and get another goal, and that will be him. Um, that will be it banished from his mind, thankfully. But yeah, at that point, you're starting to think that looks like a tap-in on the face of it. Um, and, and yeah, what's going to happen next? Yeah, it does indeed. And I think it, it's it's been interesting because we will talk about Jose Cifuentes. Um, it's been interesting as we talk a little bit around, you mentioned at the start how we'd like to have seen this team start the season. And obviously, Kilmarnock was the bump, but we're starting to kind of click into it. I thought Livingston showed that as well when we were starting to see positionally where certain players were, who was going to drop, who was going to run. And I know, obviously, you're the tactics expert on our Patreon site. There's an element to that, which I think, yeah, you can talk about the tactics, but there's a nuance to it where you have to ensure that you, you know how players are going to move. You know if you go front post, back post, etc. And that's just part of the team coming into it. Sifuentes, for me, he's up to speed because, obviously, we know uh, he's been involved in MLS games prior to coming into us. Um, I think he's he's fitted into that team seamlessly. That cross that you mentioned for Danilo was, was exquisite. Um, but I was surprised, Adam, I'm keen to get your thoughts on this, about how far forward he got a lot. I thought he might venture forward on the odd occasion, but it seemed to me as if he was playing, you know, pretty far up, certainly further than I thought he would on a fairly consistent basis. Yeah, um, I, I guess that that role, I watched a couple of games, LAFC ones, and he was he was sort of playing in, in that area, um, but it's obviously a different... Uh, I was going to say a different ball game over there, but it's it's not it's the same ball game, but a different, <laughs> uh, different um, over there in terms of I, I guess how they play, the pace of the games, all that sort of stuff. So, um, I was more interested, and then with with Bill saying he could play a little bit deeper as well, I was more interested in, in seeing how we how we did that because he didn't look 
that well suited to it, I have to say. Um, but he has been playing that a little bit further forward and I think it's great. I think that's been um, exactly what we've needed in there. Um, I really like that balance. Um, I can't decide whether Nico Raskin, I prefer him as a sort of deeper line um, number six or that sort of box-to-box energy that we've seen in the second half. I think it's just great that we've got a player that can do both. And I think from the, the small amounts that we've seen of Sifuentes, he probably won't be far off as well. I think I could see him sitting there and just sort of recycling possession at the, at the base of the midfield, but also that energy um, and, and passing ability that he's got. So it's it was a great start. I think it's been it's been a great start. I think he's, he's fitted in very well, like you said. Um, but sort of having the two of them now is just something that we've not had for, for a while. Um, those kind of complete midfielders, if you like, that can be attacking, they can be defensive, they can play in a two, they can play in a three, um, they can play in a diamond, as, as we've seen as well in, in this game. So having the both of them now, um, with Cantwell at the top and with Ryan Jack behind them, adding in Lammers and Dow, um, that's starting to look look quite tidy in there for me. And it was interesting because I think you know we we have discussed I think a lot in terms of how that midfield was going to look and operate once those players once you started to kind of move the dominoes a little bit and shuffle it around a little bit so that you could kind of come into that. Raskin, I thought it was interesting because I don't think Raskin had. A great first half, but I thought he was exceptional in the second half. Um, and I don't know if that was a, a, a confidence thing. I don't know if the manager just wanted to play him a little bit more loosely. What's interesting to me, though, is that if we've got Raskin's energy that you've mentioned, but also the opportunity for Sofrentes to get forward, and I think sometimes what we've lacked from some of those midfields being able to try and go forward, Catwell's the exception to this, obviously, but that quality in the final third whether it's going to be playing in that cross or, or a defence splitting pass or even, you know, shooting. I think sometimes we've come up short there recently, but it's a very interesting combination to have. Definitely. And I think you're right. I think we've seen Cantwell has had a, a lot of end product uh, towards the end of last season, playing a little bit deeper this year at, at times. Um, so it's maybe understandable pass or final shot guy at, at the minute. But yeah, that, that end product in terms of getting up into the box and getting the passes off, I think is, is going to be really crucial and, like you said, Raskin, Sifuentes and Cantwell are all going to be arriving in and around the box at, at various points. And certainly Sifuentes and Cantwell have shown um, in the past, Cantwell with Rangers and, and Sifuentes with LAFC, they've shown that they can finish if the chances come to them. So that's a big thing I think we're lacking is shots, I don't want to say outside the box, but certainly shots from from range, that sort of edge of the box type shot. And then also someone in the box who can finish as well as a as a midfielder. Um, I think that's key to spread the goals around and they, they look like they can do it. Yeah, and I think it's it's interesting. Again, as I mentioned there, I think once you have the quality being able to try and come in there, then I think your attacking options go a lot a lot further spread, I think it's fair to say, because we have seen, obviously, within recent uh, blueprints of how we've tried to set up, that we, we want to be able to try and utilise the wings. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, uh, you know, I've got to give credit to him because he has come under some fire recently, but I think Borna Barisic has started the season really well. Obviously played a key part in in, in the goal, but uh, I go back to Saturday's game against Livingston and the set up for Danilo's head and stuff as well. But Borna has fit into that, and I think that we were we were talking during the game against Servette on Tuesday about probably that lack of quality of crosses coming in, and I think it was our boy Martin that said, you know, it's one in forty, but that one in forty hits hits where it needs to hit. But Borna, I think, has looked far more consistent within this. And he's looked a little bit like that player that we could rely on previously. Definitely. Um, three three assists in a week 
um, and, and three big ones as well, you have to say. Um, when you think it was obviously the, the second goal against Servette, then the second goal against Livingston, which was huge in that game. Um, and then the one the other night, which which puts us through. So big moments. I think he's always been that that guy that will come up with those sort of big crosses when, when you need them. Like you say, the volume, I guess, is an issue. That How easily we go out to both fullbacks um, and, and just sort of use that almost as a crutch to, to have them swinging the balls in. Um, if we can, I guess, reduce that dependency on them um, and use them just in key moments when we see fit. Um, then I think absolutely he can have that. He can have that impact in the final third. The big thing for me with Barisic is does, and it's the same with Tavernier at this moment in time as well. There's just always that propensity for them to switch off, for a, a ball to come in on, the, on their blind side, and for them to, to to lose their man and 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 we concede a goal, um, or to get done one on one. Um, there were a couple of shaky moments I think for Barisic in the first half where I, I thought his his marker was going to get the better of him. Um, Tavernier had had more than a couple, so that is that is the issue. But you can't deny, um, certainly for Barisic, you can't deny when he gets on the ball just at that edge of the box on the left hand side, with a little bit of space, he's he's finding his man nine times out of ten, which is a really really good thing to have. Um, I, I guess the debate, and it's it's a similar debate on the other side that that how that one dimension or that dimension that they've got that are that are good, um, that you want to see for your players, that one dimension that they've got doesn't make up for. Some of the deficiencies that they've got, um, and I guess that's the that's the debate that we've been having for for a few seasons now. I, I think, I mean, and again, focusing and continue to focus on the positives. I, I, you know, I do want to be able to to do, and this is my second in a in a row this week, a special piece of praise for Jack Butland. I mentioned on Monday show Adam um, about Butland didn't have to do a lot against Livingston, but it's the old Rangers goalkeeping adage, isn't it? You don't, you know, you don't have to make a lot of saves but the saves you have to make. And I think Jack Butland did that well against Livingston for at least one in particular, which I mentioned he got down towards his, his left-hand post. Against Survey through one and one, and I think he's just got tremendous reflexes to get down low to his right-hand side. I know that there's people saying about it's not a great hit and blah, 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 but the biggest compliment I can pay Butland, and again, this is the second time I'm doing it in a week, is that he looked like the Alan McGregor that we all fell in love with. Not, you know, we know that the latter part of, of where McGregor was at and stuff and why he had to be replaced. And it just went a little bit too far from him in terms of we should have replaced him earlier. But I'm talking about the vintage Alan McGregor. And as it turns out, Butland has now been given the nickname The Wall. I can understand why. <laughs> the goal the goal that we conceded, I think, you know, there was, again, some some overly harsh criticism in my opinion John Souter doesn't cover himself in glory I understand that Goldson and Tavernier try to go out to to, to to block the shot that comes in but it's it's a worldie and it was going to have to take a worldie to be able to try and beat Butland and again I'm just I'm just really pleased with how well he's come into not only the team but from the sound of it from the manager and his, his, his teammates the dressing room as well he's establishing himself in there too yeah, I think all the way back to his um, his first interview uh, with RTV. Obviously, we know England players and, and particularly England players that are uh, in and around the national team are, are going to be media trained to win within an inch of his life. But um, he sort of, anytime I've asked him a question, um, he, he just sort of, not necessarily bats it off, but it's quite smooth to answer. It's, it's almost like it's automatic and he's just very chilled and very confident in his own ability and, and he backs himself and I think that, that sort of comes across now. He's definitely been um, a bit of a calming presence. I don't think he's had necessarily, um, he didn't have much to do um, 
pre-season wise other than uh, I guess the, the first half against Hoffenheim uh, and then maybe the first couple of games of the season but you're spot on Livingston and Servette he's come up with three um, I would say three big saves at key moments in, in those games which have um, really helped us out. Um, I, I've been impressed with, I guess, some of the other little bits as well that you mentioned, the, the sort of corral on the back line like McGregor used to do. Um, I thought his, his footwork for the 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 save that he made, um, the early one, just that, that way he moves his feet just to position himself and get him get himself down quicker, considering he's six foot five. I thought that was really impressive. Um, and then coming out to, to sort of claim some balls, as we know, those are very, very risky. You come out and you, you claim it and people sort of take it for granted. But when you come out and you don't get it, you see the difference. Um, so I think I think it's a risky game and I can understand partly why McGregor would just stay on his line and sort of back himself to try and save things. But I don't think we can underestimate how, how valuable it is for a, a defender to know that they're going to have a, a giant coming up over the top of them and, and clasping the ball in, in key moments. Um, so I think all in all, it's been a very, very good start for him. Now, obviously, like I mentioned there, and, and you know, I do want to be able to try and play a bit of kind of devil's advocate because um, there has been some criticism for your man Tavernier. Um, I, 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 I've struggled to see where he was at fault for the goal that we conceded against Servette. And I think you made a great point um, on, I think it was one of our daily update shows on our Patreon site about that there has to be a recalibration, in, in, in my opinion, Adam of the Rangers' support's expectation of James Tavenier. He's not the James Tavenier that we had five, six years ago where he's bombing up and down the line. I think that, if I'm being honest with you, I think domestically, for sure, um, with you know, opposition teams have got wise to him. So they will try and look at, be able to potentially expose his defensive frailties, but also do what they can to try and stop him uh, producing balls into the box. But all that being said... You know, you can't escape father time forever. There's no harm in saying that he has lost a slight bit of that pace and a slight bit of that edge. But I, I have seen, you know, a lot said about the fact that he could be doing better. I don't know if he needs dropped. I don't know if he needs a rest. I, I, I hope, and we will talk about Morton shortly, I hope he doesn't play against Greenwich Morton because I think under probably three managers now, he's been overutilised at times where we probably could have seen us do without him just for that particular game, predominantly, you know, domestic cup games. Where are you at with him? Do you think that some of the criticism levelled at him, do you think it's fair? Do you think it's overly harsh? Where are you at? So, I, I, first off, I don't think, they'll, as far as James Tavernier is concerned, I don't think there'll ever be a recalibrating of, of expectations. I think... He polarizes the fan base in a way that I, I don't think I've ever seen um before. Um, it, it fascinates me the hatred that he that he gets, um, and it's not something I'll ever understand. It's almost like people decided in the Scottish Cup final of twenty fifteen that he was rubbish, and and regardless of how silly they've looked um over over the piece with some of the great things that he's done, as soon as there is a lapse, they'll say I told you. So I think that recalibration that you mentioned is absolutely valid when he's getting to the point of thirty two, but I don't think that'll be taken into account. I think it'll just be, I guess as we're seeing just now, people saying I told you he was rubbish all along. Look here he is rubbish now. Um <laughs> regardless of, of the context that you mentioned in terms of the age. Um where am I at now with it? Um I think there's definitely an argument that, that James Tavernier fitness wise um has dropped off since, um, I guess, Seville, probably, you would say. Um, I think he started last season quite slowly. There was all the, the chat about 
injuries etc uh, and then he sort of came back into it so yeah I think pretty much since he turned 30 which happens to quite a lot of players I think particularly players with as many miles in the legs and that cover as, um, cover as much ground up and down the flank I think that will naturally start to dip I, I don't see an issue with that I don't know if that's admitting defeat um, or anything like that so I think that's fair um, I, I think this season no absolutely not he's not been he's not been great Still coming up with the the moment, obviously the penalty, um, in the first game, and then obviously the the, the goal in this game, which is fantastic, ghosting in at the back post. But I guess where I am with it, Gammy is, I would like to see Sterling come in. I think I'm on record as saying um a more defensive fullback in in certain games, and I don't just mean Morton in the cup, um, like you would like you would do like a, a backup goalkeeper or anything like that. I mean quite a quite a number of games, I'd be quite happy to see a more defensive option come in there, um, but. We struggle to score goals, Cammy. We always have struggled to score goals. So, um, for me, I think we need to flip it around and say, if we're taking James Tavernier out of that team, who is delivering the the goals? We need more goals than Tavernier has been delivering. So, if we take him out of that team, we better be pretty sure that a defensive fullback who may not go over the halfway line for large parts of the game, we better be sure that the forwards and midfielders that we brought in are going to um, are going to bring to the table what they need to bring to the table in terms of goals and assists. And again, it's the same on the other side with Barisic. If you take him out of the team, Ridvan isn't going to get as many pure assists as, as Barisic has. So it's it's key that other players step up to the plate and try and spread the wealth a little bit. Um, but yeah, to answer your question, I think there, there have been some, some lapses. I thought there was... A few in that first half, if I'm honest. I know what you're saying about, about the, the goal. I think Suter misses the header and then from then it's a bit of a lottery because of that deflection that, that just goes straight to straight to the attacker. I might have liked Tavernier to be a yard or two over so that he might have been able to close the guy down, um, but I'm not sure if he was ever going to be able to, to stop him shifting his weight on his right foot and pinging that in the, the top corner. Um, and then there were a couple others in that half. So it was a, it was a ropey first half and... To be honest, he got a little bit better in the second half, but I wouldn't say it was an, an outstanding second half performance in the way that, that Raskins was. Um, I would say he did very, very well to gamble after that corner and go back in at the back post, as he has done in the past, and, and get the goal. But um, I thought it was a decent second half from him. Um, nowhere near um, as bad as he was in the first half, but not what I would say was great. So yeah, to answer your point, I'm more than relaxed about it. If we take him out and we bring someone else in and we change the way we attack, I think that's a, I think that's a solid point. However, we need to be sure that the players that we bring in are going to offer um, what he can in terms of goals. Yeah, I, I mean, I think the one thing that I would like is to be able to do, right? And I, I'm not sold on the whole let's take Tav out. I think when I used the word recalibration earlier on, I think we could see him still maintain a position. I think that we need to, and I do think that's perfectly, I think it's a very fair ask to say to the midfielders and forwards that we spent a fair chunk of change on, let's remember that, Yep. You need to weigh in with this guy's goals. You need to weigh in with his contributions. And I don't want to take Tav off of penalties. What I do want to do, however, is Luka has been able to think a little bit more about free kicks. They did have a couple against Servette, which I think um, you know, he, he, he could do a lot better with. Uh, I'm not saying about taking him off all set pieces. So like I say, stay on corners and that's all fine. Right? I understand that. And there'll be people listening to this going, well, let's just do the whole kit and caboodle, keep him in penalties, take him off everything else. Yeah. But I think we can explore other options at free kicks because especially domestically, we're going to have to think about how we use set pieces more to our advantage. And I think, again, coming back to that point of seeing a, 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 a variety of different options within that, but we seem so stuck with that 
it has to be Tav. No one else gets close to it, regardless of where it is positionally. It's Tav who takes it, no matter what, unless it's for a left foot, in which obviously it'll be Borna. But that's it. That's your options. I just love. I'd love to see us explore that a little bit further. Yeah, and I guess the important distinction is that he won't be deciding that he takes them all. <laughs> is the is the is the point that I think quite a lot of people are missing? Saying why is he doing this and why is he doing that? They won't be saying I am taking all of these. It's the the manager and the coaching staff are deciding who is the best to, to do this and. Rightly or wrongly, they pick the two that they think are the best sort of set set piece experts in terms of free kicks, or maybe the best crossers in terms of corners. But I agree with you. I think mixing up um, makes us look a little bit less. Um, it's, it's a little bit less easy to, I guess, to counter and, and to understand what's happening if, if we are putting in. I don't know Cantwell to take some some of the free kicks, or, or even Kieran Dowell, his left foot to, to come in and take corners on on the opposite side and try out swingers and in swingers. Um, yeah, I'm absolutely all for that. Um, but I think we probably need to be um, mindful that it will be the manager that is deciding these things. Um, and I guess until such times as one or both um, are out of the team for for regular periods, I'm, I'm not quite sure we'll actually see it. But absolutely, I'd be all for it to mix things up. I think even Todd Cantwell's got wise to it because he doesn't seem to be doing that thing any longer that he used to do, where he would run over as if he was going to get a chance to take a corner and then Tab would tell him to bugger off. I think yeah. he's just kind of giving up the ghost on it now, um, which is fair enough, and I think that happens. So um, let's uh, let's look at Greenwick Morton then, Adam, and uh, I think you'd mentioned earlier on you'd like to see uh, Dijon Sterling start that game. I take it that says right back? Um, yeah, no, I think so. I think... Certainly, Tavernier, um, if he's been, he has been quite sluggish, etc. He is getting to that, like I said, thirty-two in a in a couple of months. Um, I think these are the games that ideally you'd be wanting to, you'd be wanting to do that. We've got a few big games coming up before the international break as well, so it seems like a it seems like an obvious one for me. Um, we don't know if we thought Redvan was was back for this game. We thought Ben Davies was possibly back in training at the start of this week. We'll have to wait and see uh, when the press conference comes. Uh, tomorrow to see exactly what's there but I would be happy um, I don't know how many changes he thinks is going to be enough um, realistically he could be changing that back five uh, I guess um, bringing in Ross, bring, Ross McCrory bringing in Robbie McCrory um, Balligan, Davies or King even um, and having Ridvan and Sterling on the, on the flanks would seem sensible I don't know if that's too many but I just think with what we've mentioned with the, with the fullbacks, and then obviously the, the two centre backs have been struggling with injury over the past few months as well. So it might make sense to to give them a miss too. So in theory, you could see a, a brand new back five, and you would think it's still going to be enough to to get us um, to get us going against uh, Greenock Morton. So yeah, I'd be I'd be all for that. It's an interesting conundrum because I know, I mean, I, I don't really like being able to try and look at where we are for playing League Cup games this early on in the season. But listen, you know, we've got no control over that. But I think what is interesting is that you would say, obviously, we'll have one eye on PSV. I think that's totally understandable. And in some instances, as we've just discussed, there may be some players who are not in great form and so probably could do with a little bit of a rest and, and then we'll take it from there. But there's obviously a counter-argument to say that, you know, since the beginning of the season, one of the things that we've heard in repetition is we want this team to gel, we want them to bond. So it almost could feel counterproductive to say, well, listen, let's make changes and let's take some of them out because then they're not getting that game time that they actually need. There's elements of this where I think, Adam, for me, 
I, 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 I'm not going to disrespect Green and Morton by saying, you know, we could just play, you know, a, a second stringer or a third stringer or whatever. I think we're not in a position where we're so trophy laden that we can just, you know, be so coy with the idea of us being able to to, to tinker around with teams when we were into our cup competitions. I, I'm very confident we'll beat Greenock Morton. I'm not suggesting for a minute that they'll cause us too many problems. However, that being said, I would look at it as an opportunity to play guys like Sterling and also Cyril Dessers as well, because I am probably not understanding this <laughs> furore around Dessers and you know people have written him off, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. That's already kind of happened. I'm not really getting it, but I think Morton presents an opportunity for him to get what I think he needs. Two things, really, actually, is some some solid game time, which I think will help with his overall fitness, because I think that is in question. And also, if you can get a couple of goals, I think it gives him that increase in confidence. I think it gives him a little bit more self-assuredness. Um, and I just think it helps settle everything down slightely, if that makes sense. Yeah, um, no, I'm in the same boat as you. Desser, it's, it's fine to say Dessers hasn't hasn't really been been great without saying he is hopeless and a waste of space. That's waste. Of, but it's waste but that's but that's what we do. Everything's either sugar or shite. Everyone's either absolutely brilliant or utterly terrible. This race to have an early opinion is, <laughs> yeah. never never stops. It's relentless, and we think, oh, that will be great. We'll get some new players in, and we get a bit of time, and then literally. 20 minutes against Kilmarnock, he was hopeless. It's, uh, I, I, it's never going to change. That expectation is always going to be there, rightly or, or wrongly. Rightly, I think, in my opinion, because when you hit that expectation, then you get loved by by the support more than more than you ever have anywhere else. So I, I don't have an issue with the expectation. I, I think we just maybe need to um, just realign a little bit. The guy's come in. Um, he scored goals everywhere he's been. Um, he has had an injury. Um, and he's back in, and he's he's maybe not quite up to speed yet. Um, there isn't much time, though. I would say, Cammy, um, to to sort of get up to speed if it's a case of getting to the getting to the international window, um, and then maybe spending a bit of time working on his fitness, etc. Then then okay. Um, but I think after that, we really need to start seeing um a serial that's at, that's at full peak fitness, so that we can judge fully. Um, I, I would say between then and and Christmas, but. Um, yeah, again, the positives here maybe similar to Danilo. He's getting into good positions. I think he's he's had moments in every game. I think where he's maybe been unlucky, not to score or made a mess of it, if that makes sense. But he's been in the positions that I think will will set him set him in in good stead. So um, I'm not terribly worried about him. Um, I think he is a number nine who will need service. His his link up play etc. will be will be fine. Better than Cholak, probably, even though we've maybe not seen that that so far. Um, but he is more, I guess, of, of that mould for me, of, of a number nine who needs to get service into the box. We'll probably be able to create some chances in the box for himself, but um, we're going to need to... And again, this is other players, I guess, stepping up to the plate, as we've seen with Raskin and Sifuentes and Cantwell getting beyond, getting into the box, giving him support um, to, to sort of get into those those areas that we know he's going to he's gonna excel in. He's, he's not going to be this one-man wrecking ball up there. Um, I don't think we're going to have to to meet him halfway um, and, and try and give him everything that he needs. But yeah, um, he hasn't been good, and I think you're right. Um, I think the, the weekend is definitely a good opportunity for him, Danilo, Lammers, all to play again and all to just get more up to speed with each other and, and for the players... Deeper than that, the central midfielders and the fullbacks, etc., just to understand the type of runs that they're making, when to give them the ball, when they're going to drop off, all that sort of stuff that only really comes from playing games and, and training together. Um, I think we need another go at that at the weekend, um, very much so. 
Yeah, listen, I think that's fair. It's 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 like I say, I mean, I, I'm not going to be blasé about it because it's not like, as I say, we've been inundated with cup wins that means that we can decide to to put out a second 11 or a third 11. And I know that Neil Banfield um, will be taking the press conference on Friday um, and it will probably have a, a, a heavy involvement in terms of how the team sets up and, um, you know, what we can do at that stage. So it'll be interesting to see as to how that, unfolds but again as I say hopefully it will be a, a relatively straightforward game for us as well and most importantly players get a decent run out as well and let's avoid any kind of form of injuries. Um, it's a 12.30 kickoff on uh, Saturday Adam, it'll be on the, te- the, the telly as well uh, but I do expect a full Ibrox, it's a good wee day out uh, an early kickoff on a Saturday's pretty good, you can get that done, you can enjoy the 3pms and stuff um, but I also think it'll be, a, it'll be a, a pretty decent crowd on Saturday as well yeah, one of the bonuses, I guess, of Champions League football, um, other than hopefully not getting an absolute doing like like last year, will be <laughs> um, more Saturday, more Saturday football, which I think is is absolutely welcome. So yeah, hopefully it's a it's a decent crowd. Um, and yeah, you can't really complain. I think Saturday twelve thirty for me is is much better than the cup games that we've had recently, where it's been at what four o'clock, five o'clock on a Sunday night. Those are those are not ideal at all. So yeah, I'll take this every day of the week. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, like, so, except Sunday, because I just said Mondays were rubbish. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I mean, I think it's always interesting too when you hear people saying, oh, "I enjoy the Thursday Sundays." I think it always works and stuff. And I was like, "Well, yeah," but there is obviously the opportunity to be able to get into the Champions League, and I don't think we can, uh, we can, we can't count our chickens yet. So it will be interesting to see what happens against PSV as well. But we will talk about that um, or a little bit more on uh, Heart and Hands, the flagship show on Monday. David will be back in the in the hot seat as per. Just a couple of wee bits uh, just to give you some attention as well, folks. Um, I've got to give a plug to my uh, my good friend, well, our good friend, Martin Ramsey. The Pursuit of History, his next book comes out um, at the beginning of August. It's available now for pre-order on the Heart and Hand website, heartandhand.co.uk. Um, this is the... Uh, he well, it's not necessarily a sequel, Adam. He's calling it, you know, a, a different book altogether, all based obviously across the the fantastic dominant series that we did on our Patreon site. Uh, very much looking forward to seeing this. He's he's put a ton of work into, it and and I'm I, I honestly I can't wait to get my hands on it. Yeah, um, I think he, from from what he said, it will be a, a kind of different different kind of book. Uh, I guess we see with with nine in a row. When it sort of starts off and you're almost building up the way, um, you're full of hope as to what you can, what you can achieve. But then I think we all know when it got to the sort of middle of that, um, there was a lot more, maybe tension and stress. I think Walter Smith said himself, he almost not that he couldn't enjoy them, but it was almost like, okay, right, that one's done. Let's move on to the next one and, and keep going. So that I think that pressure and the stress and maybe the the lack of future proofing and forward planning, I think all of that will be will be included in the book. And yeah, I'm sure it'll be a a fantastic read like the like the other ones were. Yeah, absolutely. So please jump onto the website, folks, and get your pre-orders in for that as well. Um, and some great news as well, Adam. You and I uh, are coming back to New Edmondson House as well. So we sold out the live show back in May. Um, we must have done all right because uh, the Vars to come back for the 1st of December. Uh, it was a privilege to play uh, NEH the first time around. I cannot wait for the second time around now that we've 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 broken our duck and we've we we, we had a great time at the show. But um, it's something surreal when so many people turn up to hear you talk nonsense about Rangers. Yeah, really looking forward to it. I think uh, I think like you said, the one we maybe didn't quite know what to expect. Um, 
at that first one. We certainly didn't think we'd sell it out in, in the record time that, that we did um, with this one coming up to the festive season as well. It's a really nice kickoff, and I think it's is it a couple of weeks before the um, before the League Cup final, etc. As well, so there could be a, a hope, a chance for for a bit of a preview uh, on that as well. Um, so yeah, it's all all looking good. It's really looking forward to to getting back up there as well. Um, like I said, it was a it was a brilliant experience that last time, um, and now we're a little bit more prepared about the scale and the size and how everything works. Hopefully, we can put on a, an even better show this time. I think my favourite part about that show was giving you a seat because you hadn't long come out of an operation and you sat in it for I think a sum total of about thirty seconds. Yeah, and I nearly passed out towards the end. And <laughs> had the actually on it. Yeah, so I'll be in a bit a bit better form this time, hopefully. Yeah, I'm sure you will be, my friend. I just, I'm, I'm just worried about Andy McGowan's wardrobe. Um, I mean, I, I do it on a daily basis anyway, but I just get no idea what the hell that guy's going to wear this time around. So, <laughs> yeah, he's got a couple of months to get that sorted out. Um, tickets will be available very shortly, uh, folks. Keep an eye not only on our socials in Heartland, but obviously the New Edmondson House uh, socials as well, because as a New Edmondson House member, you get um, a pre-link to that. As do our chief executives over on our Patreon site. I've mentioned that a couple of times, as I always do on um, our free shows. But if you fancy joining on a brilliant Rangers community. Um, head on over to patreon.com forward slash heart and hand. Um, our, fl- our extra shows are brought to you in association with Zenith Coins. Please jump over to their site to be able to do that. And as a chief exec subscriber, we've had the, the fortunate position to make some exclusive heart and hand coins as well. And we put them into a competition. And uh, yeah, it's been great to see people being able to receive them as well. My thanks to our executive producers in London, Mr. Mike Lee and Mr. Paul Myers. And most importantly, thank you very much to my very good friend, Adam, for coming on. Um, a fairly decent synopsis, I think, of survey, and I think we're looking forward now. I'm starting to, to look forward towards uh, the League Cup kicking off for us as well on Saturday. Yeah, definitely. I think great to get through against Servette. PSV will be a, a totally different challenge, um, one that maybe comes a little bit too early for us, but we'll certainly give it a go as we did last year. But yeah, great to get through, and, and thanks for having me on. As I say, folks, if you'd love to uh, hear more from us, then jump over to our Patreon site. David will be back on Monday. Have a brilliant weekend. Let's enjoy it and let's get through to the next round of the Cup. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday. I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.